0: Welcome in, everyone, to a Monday episode, the Field of 68 Best Bets show, presented by our fine sponsor, Bet Rivers. The Weaves all here at full strength. I'm Matthew. The other guy is Jim, and the other other guy is Kai. Mm. Uh, A a pretty good weekend of games, I would say. Um, I know everyone was probably distracted by the holy crap uh, football game that happened last night, Kai. Uh, I'm not a big NFL fan myself. I was actually out enjoying some ramen um out of town. so i i was that far removed from the nfl so i feel sort of like kind of like i'm trying too hard to be over the nfl <laughs> since the rams went out sure. and moved to la but did yeah. not tune in i did watch a little bit of college hoop. watched my indiana hoosiers lay a big fat egg um that's where my takeaway is but first what did you learn
1: kyle well uh matthew hey how about oregon can we can we say the ducks are fully back now i think we had the idea yeah. when they beat usc okay we're warming up after they beat ucla now they go and beat Washington, who's been okay in recent games by almost thirty. I'm declaring the Ducks fully back. They're back. They're back. They're back, Jim. They're going to make the tournament. They're going to make a run. Do what they usually do with Dana Altman. They've got a chance for a pretty decent seed if they keep this up. Uh, it's pretty impressive. Although there aren't a
2: lot of great wins left in the Pac-12 after they yeah. spent the LA games. They're, they're. I mean, they're just going to have the the Arizona one. Uh, Matt, I don't appreciate you just completely negging the NFL because my soul is crushed. My pack. Lost and potentially lost the end of an era, likely the end of the Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Zarya Smith eras. I'm sad. I can't help it. I'm sad. Uh, But Kai, kind of going off your takeaway, one of the other teams that's been called one of the biggest disappointments of the season is Michigan. And I'm wondering if we missed the buy low window because they've had two easy-peasy covers in a row. I don't know, Matt. Now they've got Northwestern coming up. Maybe there's still some value on them, but they're they're top 25 at Ken Palm. And I, I think the lines are going to be reflective of the fact that they're surging. So tip of the cap, Caleb Houston's
0: making shots, Dickinson's dominating Michigan's kind of back. Yeah, I agree. No, I'm, I'm with you. I don't want to look at that Indiana game as just a great spot for Michigan catching IU off the home run win over Purdue. I think Michigan's absolutely back, but back to my Indiana point Kai, there is some, mm-hmm. something to be learned from my Hoosiers. And I think, we maybe got fooled. They're fine. I, I agree. I guess they are what yeah. they are is where I was going with this. Um, I, I don't want people to look past the pretty game as like oh wow, it's a breakthrough. This team has solved all of the underlying warts and issues. It's like now I think it's really shoddy guard play. It's going to be, you know, pretty much built on the bedrock of that interior defense. You're going to get nights where you get good games from Rob Bennessy and Miller cop and Parker Stewart, but then you're gonna get plenty of other nights where they're completely, Invisible and Indiana struggles to score more than 60. So the roller coaster ride is fully in process and I'm going to strap on and hang on for the whole season, see where it takes me, hopefully, and my fellow Hoosier alumnus, alumni to the NCAA tournament. But we will see. All right, let's get into it here, kids. Big showdown tonight. A deceptively big slate for a Monday. We'd yeah. like to see that. Yeah. Um, the, re- usually the rescheduled extra. games are helping. It's nice. That's right. The COVID condensed, the COVID pushbacks are starting to, there's a silver lining with that. And now we're starting to get some more action on these usually dead nights. Kyra, going to the Big 12 to start off tonight, Kansas hosting Texas Mm -hmm. Tech. Mm -hmm. The Beakers, uh, as you Mizzou folks like to call them, as KU fans don't like to hear you call them, they survived a little scare at the Octagon of Doom in Manhattan, uh, inched past their in-state rival by, uh, I believe, a field goal. Was fairly impressed with a few players specifically in that game, but want to hear what your thoughts were on the Jayhawks and what you make of this matchup tonight against Texas Tech. They are currently laying a touchdown, I believe, at the, uh, the consensus price. And
1: revenge is on their mind, Matthew. They lost Texas Tech in Lubbock a couple weeks back, and Texas Tech didn't have Shannon or McCuller. Shannon, by the way, just had an awesome game, think like 23 points in his, in his last match for Texas Tech. In that game, Texas Tech grabbed 40% of their misses. They shot 61% inside the arc, and Kansas had 17 turnovers. I, I, I tend to think Kansas is highly focused on that. I know Bill Self is telling, telling his players what happened last game, reminding them, I think they come out uh, stronger this game. And Jim McCormick was in the doghouse during that game. He, that was that three-game stretch where he came off the bench, barely played. His last three games, he started. He's averaging 12 and 11. I think he's fully back in swing. I think that's big against Texas Tech.
2: Yeah, Texas Tech owned the paint last game. We we've talked about how great their defense is at keeping you out of the paint and, and making you hit jump shots. McCormick at least helps that, gives them an option they have to throw to. And maybe if he's not scoring, it's at least forcing double teams and getting Texas Tech in rotations, opening up jumpers. That helps. I mean, when you're facing that tech defense, because they are so switchable, everybody's physical, everybody's long. Like it's really hard to pick on mismatches. And I think Kansas does like to do that at times. There's just not really a lot of like bad defenders among that group, even average defenders. So the scheme is strong. I kind of like the under here, Matthias. Uh, I think Kansas struggles to speed this one up, but the first one did have 142 points. So perhaps I'm, I'm chasing something there. Uh, Kai mentioned a lot of the, the key Uh, box score stats from the first one that I think stood out Kansas just needs to take care of the ball that's pretty big Uh, can't turn the ball over 25 percent of the time against this defense
0: yeah I mean I think the side the price is pretty spot on in my opinion from a side perspective I are right the under is where I was looking it's been bet down to 138 138 and a half some places from 140 I was on that Kansas under against K-State over the weekend and it was like 100 points within two minutes so I don't know if there's been maybe a change of approach with how fast the beakers are playing uh, the Jayhawks, excuse me, but I'm a little bit worried about that. Just, um, well, you can't call game. them the beakers. Is that too disrespectful? I, we've got, we've gotten flack before, I believe they publicly for calling. Beakers, they they hate do it. hate it. Um, and I actually like Kansas unlike you too. Yeah. So Jim, Jim and I Mizzou, of that program.
1: we're allowed to call them that. I'm
0: it's, kind of like, a, I'm enamored by I the, admire the what their basketball program is. Yes. That's uh, why well, easy to uh given where you guys stand. And we'll move forward. Um, ACC, Jim, North Carolina hosting Virginia Tech. This is the battle of desperation. Um, two teams that need a win like blood. Virginia Tech, I thought they had a great spot, a decent matchup against Boston College last game. They lay an egg, although the Eagles are quietly playing pretty good. We'll get to that later, potentially. Um, but on the other side of the coin, North Carolina fading fast. And so tournament hopes are dwindling in um, this battle of just, Two teams in tailspin need this game badly. Who prevails? I mean, this is the kind of
2: team that Virginia Tech struggles with—athletic, like up-tempo, big. That's really not what they have the answer for. And, and kind of all season, teams that have run on them and have slashed with with high-level athletes have given them major issues. But North Carolina can't guard anything, and now short turnaround to prepare for a Mike Young offense with like intricate off-ball action. They they could score a million. This seems like a shootout to me, Kai, just because I don't think either defense can really stop the other, even though Mm -hmm. the tempo, Virginia Tech's going to try to keep it slow. Um, Maybe a little bit of a get-right home spot where UNC's two eggs were on the road, um, Mm -hmm. and now they're back home in in Chapel Hill with Matt's favorite wine and cheese crowd. Um, But the the market's had like the same battle over this game that I think everybody has had that's look at it. It got bet up big to UNC right away. There's Virginia Tech buyback has come in and taken it basically down to the opener. I'm torn with the people as well. It basically crossed over what I made it and crossed back over with the buyback. So I, I have no side on this one. Kai, both these
1: teams are tough to figure out. Yeah. They're two of the many disappointing ACC teams we've seen this season. Um, yeah. I, I think the over is, is my favorite angle in this game, Jim, the side. I, I'm not so sure. Uh, and and UNC is better at home against the spread. They're five and four versus two and four on the road. Five tech, Matt two and five, in the ACC and, and the BC loss. I'm kind of as bad. I, I know you, you said BC's been playing better. I, I think it's a terrible loss. Yeah, no Galloway in that one. Come on. They have zero hope for the NCAA tournament. And I'm frankly shocked they're still 37th in Kimpom. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I actually um, think they do have hope is the crazy part. But their, their metrics are decent enough. And they yes. have to win a bunch of ACC games to get there. But it's not It's not dead. Uh, pace battle here, Matt, we'll see with Virginia Tech can stop uh, UNC from getting out in transition. They've done well this year doing that. But who knows? I I think they're just a total sieve inside, and that's where they're going to falter against UNC. That huge front line is going to cause problems. I lean the heels, I think, on the number.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking at, Jim, you mentioned the home road splits. UNC, I believe they've covered their last five at home actually i think the appalachian state game was close to the the number but there are only two conference games virginia they won comfortably they made every shot out of the sun that day so i don't know if you want to look at that as like they played well or they just happened to shoot well um and then georgia tech a team i don't have any respect for they put them away quickly so yeah i the unc thing i go back and forth on man it's like the michigan uh narrative we talked about earlier it's like are we gonna continue to hold on until we see evidence that they're gonna play like that top 20 team. Um, there just hasn't been a lot, especially um, outside of Chapel Hill, but they are back at home tonight. Maybe this is the spot where they get right. Um, nothing else for me on that game. Just a quick note though on UNC, they have a brutal schedule coming up. I believe they play on Wednesday and on Saturday uh, this week, so a lot of these condensed schedules are starting to come into play. Make sure you keep an eye on that, folks. All right, next game. We're going to SEC turf. Kai, Ole Miss Landshark host- hosting Florida Speaking of you guys like overs in that last matchup, I love the under in this one. I think this is completely an, an utter display of terrible offensive basketball, um, not to the fault of Kermit Davis or Mike White. Well, I guess to Kermit Davis specifically, I think he just has no players who can put the ball in the basket. going to have to win with a lot of smoke and mirrors. I think both defenses
1: completely suffocate the opposing offenses. What say you? Yeah, I definitely lean towards the under in this game. Um, it's hard to figure Ole Miss out from a side perspective. They competed. With, so Jarkel Joyner probably saw it the lineup. He's obviously big for them, especially on the total as well. But they competed with Tennessee without him. They beat Miss State by 10. And then they got smoked by A&M, an okay against Auburn, and smoked by Mizzou, smoked by Mississippi State. It's very hard to, to peg uh, them, what kind of team they are without Joyner. But it's almost as hard to understand Florida as well because they're 2-0 against the spread without Castleton which is wild. They're almost playing better, especially defensively. They've been locked down. I assume he's out again. I have to think that catches up with them eventually. And I know Ole Miss's defense has been bad in league play. I think no Castleton really helps boost them towards competency and their home court does as well. I'm leaning towards Ole Miss at plus four. Nothing strong there.
2: Yeah, it's kind of gone past the point where I really would like Ole Miss, but I think home dog getting like five, I was a fan of that. Uh, Kowasi Reeves has been playing great for Florida. The freshman, uh, our yes, guy, Eric Fawcett yes, keeps yes. pointing out like four straight games. He's had their highest plus minus. And, you know, individually that one game is probably not great, but the fact that it's trend over and over and over again, that matters. Uh, I'm with Matt though. I like the under, uh, no Castleton. You think removes like a great shot blocker, but Felder and Jatobo are big stout defenders. They're slower than Castleton. So I think the team plays a little bit slower and they are nowhere near the offensive threat, like as a role man, as a post-up guy. Um, So I I think that actually does help the under, even without Castleton in there. Uh, joiner. Also, I think they score a little less efficiently, like you guys mentioned, Uh, leaning towards the under leaning towards the dog, but both, uh, both sides have been kind of snatched up by the market.
0: Yeah, I agree. I just, at this point, the price on both has been, Sucked out, so tough to strongly endorse either a side or a total there, but I think Ole Miss and the under are the uh, the right sides. Uh, but, hey, price is king, so don't, uh, don't just hop in now just because we said so. Make sure you try to time that market correctly, Mr. McKeon. All right, last game here on the island before we get to chat mob round one. Man, the ACC is just a depressing place, isn't it? Another sort of like, ah, oh, Virginia and Louisville. Like I love Louisville last weekend. Uh, they got up big against Notre Dame and blew that lead. And I thought that there's maybe a correction coming for my Cardinals. Probably my worst preseason take, by the way. If you go back and just blow, dig up the old takes exposed, Louisville will be headlined on what Mac got wrong. Um, Virginia is creeping outside of top 100 territory in Kempom. So they are certainly, uh, they have their own problems as well. I don't know. It's kind of like a battle of who can get out of the mud for one game. I don't know, Jim. I think I lean Louisville, but uh, I, Tony Bennett's had Chris Mack's number. That's something I will mention. I lean Virginia. I think Louisville is like a mess right now.
2: I don't know. Did you see Malik Williams presser after the last Louisville game? They, they You mean the one this Saturday or the one yeah, prior? This Saturday? No. Nah, uh-uh. They basically sure asked, like, "Is your uh, do you think the team is still listening to this coaching staff or are you tuning them out? And he goes,
1: it's I don't know how to comment but,
2: on that. <laughs> He just like <laughs> like the, the no, I, I don't think that's a tough question at all. I think that's a softball Bob where you go, yeah, no, we're still in the same corner. We love our coaching staff, yeah. yada yada. The fact that he wouldn't say that, I think, it is way been more telling. And the it fact likes. that they're playing terribly lines up with the fact that they're issues. Chris Max had some weird press, uh, pressers too. Um, yeah,
1: the, the Tony Bennett plus maybe Louisville disintegrating thing makes me lean towards the Cavs. Yeah, Louisville, Matt, you mentioned Virginia's with top 100. Louisville's 109th right now in Kim Pom. Yeah. And yeah, they're already, their, they've already out of it. <laughs> their worst finish ever is 133rd. Denny Crum in 2001, when they were in the CUSA, wow. was, was their worst More like finish. Denny haven't come Crummy performing. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't come close to that since then. And yeah, total meltdown at home against Notre Dame. The Irish were 15 for 23 from deep. Okay. That certainly helps. That sucks. Um, Virginia, Jekyll and Hyde. They have good effort, bad effort. Like, like the teams you mentioned in earlier, Ole Miss and Florida, they're hard to peg here. I think Virginia controls the pace. I think it's going to be ugly. Louisville's offense has been atrocious. So under is my my favorite play here in this game. And I agree with Jim. I think Louisville's broken. So I'd lean Virginia, uh, if anything, on, on the side.
0: Um, I think the price favors Louisville, but that's because my price is baked in the fact that I think Louisville's still a competent ball club. But clearly they are... Um... Yeah. About ready to have an implosion if they haven't yeah, already. I, we'll see. It covered You're, against your Eagles, Matt. Your yeah. Boston College. That's, that's what I'm saying. I had him against Boston College, a team that had been trending up, at least I think. But the yeah. ACC is just such a who the hell knows. Like you can't say with any conviction who's good, who's not good at this point. So I I, I'm going to say with conviction, Louisville's not very good. Okay. Well, we'll see. I don't think anyone in this conference is any good. So like what happens in this conference relative to their peers, it's like, I don't, I haven't learned anything. We just have to look back at the non con. It was crappy. Um, outside of a few decent home hype spots for a couple teams, North Carolina against Michigan. But yeah, this league's really in disarray. Shame on me for putting two ACC matchups in the first half of our outline. Uh, poor outline manager, if I may. Mean. Hey, time for chat, Mom, though, guys. What are people asking about? Uh, quite a bit. Uh, starting with Chris Farnsworth. Yes, about the Belmont team
2: total. I think we're going to holster this one because there's some discussion to be had around this game in the best bet section. Um, I, won't, I I won't give away what we're thinking there. Uh, all right, Joseph Prella and others asked about UNC Wilmington at Northeastern, and I got a text from a buddy about this one, too, because this is an undefeated CAA team on the road at a winless CAA team, <laughs> and the winless team is favored. So, Matt, what are we doing here?
0: That This seems like an eyebrow raise. Uh, we're not betting Northeastern because as much as that team is undervalued right now, they haven't had, like, any sort of roster continuity game to game you go to their kempom player matrix minutes matrix page it's just like i call it like a game of tetris just guys here and there everywhere um that's why they have been so bad Jim. obviously if Northeastern's is fully healthy i think they have value here but they haven't been and wilmington has been a complete juggernaut the last two weeks three weeks since conference play started so with would, would yeah, stay away i think
2: i think scott grayson is the only one really still out for northeastern so they're close but
1: it's so just, they got closer they've been bad Dirty, randomly missed the last game. I thought that was a home run spot, but they're one and seven against the spread their last eight. I am kind of giving up on trying to time them correctly. And, and Wilmington has playing been it on Thursday, so
2: good lately. Like, yeah. like Matt said, they redesigned their offense. Great article about that. Uh, what Siddles done there that it's hard to get in the way, of the way that team's playing. Uh, all right. We've got a question about the big sky showdown, but that is on the outline. So we'll get to that. The parish Weber state and Southern Utah. Uh, Ed Redmond asked why the big move on Hartford, Matt, I, I know you're on this with me. You, you're a big Hartford supporter. They were
0: great in the second half against Vermont over the weekend. Why do we like the Hawks? Because they were laying one point to Binghamton at the open. Now they're laying four, which is a more reasonable line. I would say, uh, I don't know Kai, how much home do you give Binghamton making the long four hour upstate road trip yeah. to Hartford.
1: Don't underestimate Binghamton. They're actually good this year. Somehow. No, or they're at least, they're at least confident. I guess okay fine my counter to that is fair maybe I thought fair it, point I thought there's zero chance they would cover against Stony guess what they did I know they came back and they've won yeah, like a bunch of games in the America East it's very shocking yeah it seemed like an easy like an easy line for Hartford I just I just said no thanks I don't know yeah last two years Binghamton's
2: won four games each in the America East they're 4-2 already this year like that that yeah. is a
0: major difference don't for them El
2: Sanders might be a little better than old Tommy Dempsey.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's for sure. That I yeah. have no argument with that. Uh, but I think Hartford's really good. It's all, all right. right. Yeah,
2: with, with Carter, I agree. Uh, staying in that conference, Kai, New Hampshire at Maine. Ken Raves asking about this. Pretty low total. Maine's been a little feisty in conference until UMBC blew yeah. the
1: doors off them. What do you think here? Yeah, and I was disappointed because I gave up on UMBC right before that game uh, and, and didn't get to, to be part of that. I've liked New Hampshire all year. They've disappointed against the spread a little bit recently, but I, I did take them against Maine here. I, I think Maine is terrible. Um, they, they are fully healthy. They got Duhart back against UMBC. Didn't matter, but they still got him back. I'm leaning towards New Hampshire.
2: Yeah, I'm too. I kind of like the under. I, Maine's probably not going to score 50. It would surprise me if they did. So. Uh, Matt, another one in the extra board. Jacksonville headed to Kennesaw State. The Kenny Seesaw has been decidedly on the upswing this year. Uh, but Jacksonville's pretty talented. New coach Mincy has done a solid job there. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I like Jacksonville. I need to take a closer look at that team and their results. I worry I have them underrated. We talked about offline how uh, Mincy is really good friends with uh, Drew Valentine, and they like exchange tips and secrets of their trade. Obviously, if you respect Drew Valentine, what he's done at Loyola, you can certainly um, perhaps transpose that into the major improvement that Jacksonville's had this year. But, Jim, we love our county seesaws and that talent. So, I don't know. I think it's just kind of a fun game to sort of, if you're not going to watch it, at least follow it 4 p.m. Chance to shirk work.
2: Yeah, so. there you go. Uh, Kai, St. Joe's headed to George Mason in the A10. George Mason did get Oduro back last game, but Hartwell was out. Mm-hmm. St. Joe's was actually in it with VCU. I, I was on VCU and got kind of the lucky, lucky ish, like end game fork. Yep, where VCU extended. So, a decent performance from Joe's.
1: What, what do you think here? Gut tells me it feels a little bit high. Um, I, I think Mason's a better team, obviously, seven-point favorite here, but they lose by one point to George Washington. They win by one against Dayton. It doesn't seem like they're going to convincingly beat anybody in the A-10, at least so far. i was wait and see, see what they do here, and then maybe back him going forward. But I'd either stay away or probably lean towards Joe's at seven.
0: Yeah. I might take Joe's, Jimmy. I might take Joe's. we we'll late lay that out for me. Matt hates the market. I love it.
2: I do. Uh, all right. Two questions from Ryan Abramowitz, Matt, you get Tennessee state headed to Moorhead who obviously had the big, big demolition of Belmont emotional win for them. Now they're taking on one of the most erratic teams in the country for my money. Do you trust either team here? Uh,
0: I certainly don't trust Tennessee state. Even with my guy, Kenny Cooper back in the lineup, this is their sixth game in 12 days. Now I know the travel is not exactly a daunting taxing journey in the, uh, in the OVC they're all pretty condensed around the Tennessee corridor, or whatever you want to call it. But, uh i would not bet tennessee state i think the line's high but i would not bet tennessee state
2: yeah i'm sort of interested in the under because morehead states defense is good and i think this one kind of turns into a crawl kai his other question winthrop at high point eric horner called winthrop the king of winning without covering a short spread
1: which i agree with that's spot on their, their mo now they're minus four today is that the same issue um, gosh, I weirdly kind of lean High Point. This is like the get-up spot for High Point. Um, should be a very good home crowd. They need a win. They've been struggling in the Big South. I think they just lost to Hampton in overtime. Uh, out of all teams, there, uh, I, I lean their way plus four. All right. Uh, speaking of Hampton, Matthias, they are taking on
2: Longwood, who has become a total juggernaut in that league. Uh, Corp asked about this. Uh, actually, I think he was he said Hampton Coppin State, so maybe he was meaning the Howard Coppin State game,
0: but we're talking Hampton anyways. Does Longwood crush them? I gotta think so. I like the over in both, so no matter if he, wh- wh- whatever game he was asking about, I like the over. So then I'll yeah. kill two birds with one stone. Agreed, I-, I agree on both. So yeah, I think we get a lot of points.
2: Howard just plays 85 possession games like it's his job, yes. Um Let's do one more and we can go back to the outline. Got some big mid-major games to discuss. So Kai uh, from Ed Redmond and others. SIUE headed to Tennessee Martin. Martin actually just hung around with Murray State in one of the ugliest shooting games I have ever seen. I think the teams are yeah. combined seven for 52 from three. I, I, I'm not exaggerating. It was pathetic. Uh, so I kind of like the over. I think we see better shooting here. Anything for you here?
1: Yeah. And SIUE just got a, what, double digits on Moorhead, which was shocking. I, I can't believe they almost won that game. Um, I'm leaning towards Martin. I one point spread feels very low for two teams. I think are basically the same. So I, I'm leaning towards Martin.
2: Yeah, fair enough. All right, Maddie. back to the outline. I will continue to collect questions.
0: Let's do it. Uh, we're going to the colonial for a battle of two potential conference champions. Although in this conference, no one knows who's, like the standings change on an hourly basis and whoever's last becomes first and whoever's first drops down to last at the drop of a hat, but Towson Delaware, I think the you're, former you're has been biblical on us there. He I am 1st shall be last. Like <laughs> Thou shall not fade. Well, here's my rule in this game. Thou shall not fade Towson when motivated is all I'll say here. They have not been as dominant since conference play has begun. Um, they've had a few dominant efforts, but against like Elon, the game was dicey. William and Mary, they blew out, but then Charleston covered two games ago and they just lost to UNC Wilmington in overtime over the weekend. Kai, the market is on Delaware, home Delaware. I disagree. I think I'm going to be adding a little taste myself on the really? fighting Pat Scaries and the Tigers. Yes, I don't, th- I do not think it should be a dog. Mm-hmm. I know it's a tough schedule spot, a lot of games and not a lot of wow. days, but I like the Tigers.
1: They should be a dog. They're not that much better, right? I they're top. Oh, I think they, I didn't
0: tell her Teller. Oh, Towson, It to me has impressed me Delaware? so much. Yeah. I, I think Towson is
1: great. Towson is great. And they're 52nd in the country in offense now for Ken which that's not a Pat scary team that I'm aware of um, in history coming off that OT loss to Wilmington. Um, yeah. It could be a nice bounce back here, but these two teams are tied in the standings. They're both five and two Delaware's offense has been awesome here. Probably a lot of points, both ways. And to your point, Matt, I do think Towson has a nice matchup for Dylan Painter. I think the physicality of the Tigers is going to bother him. He needs to stay strong. Um, but I do think these teams are pretty much equal. I don't think Towson's three, two, two, three points better than them on a neutral, four points better on a neutral. Um, so I'm leaning towards Delaware at, at, like, minus one, minus one and a half.
2: Yeah, Price is about right. This is, like, exactly what I made it. Uh, do you guys know what Towson was picked in the preseason CAA poll? Seven. They're way down there. Eighth. Indeed, yeah. Delaware yeah, was strange. number one, so this is kind of like the preseason favorite versus now the current favorite. T- Towson is—you got to mm-hmm. think the yeah. projected favorite, betting favorite uh, in the CAA right now. So yeah, I mean it's a pretty hype spot for both teams where they see the other one across from them are like this team has gotten hype, we 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 deserve it, not them. Uh, so unfortunately, that makes it like a hard stay away for me. Uh, maybe a, a thought on the total towards the over, Ky- like you said, the Towson great offense, but. It's, it's a stay away.
0: Yeah. And it's Nolan's third game back. uh, So he played the last two off the bench, played 20 plus minutes for Towson. Jimmy made the good point about Kai's point, which I usually agree with and the fact that I like betting the preseason. I like anchoring to my priors probably more than, than looking what's happened in the season, which would make me lean toward Delaware, but I've just been super impressed with Towson. Uh, Another one of these schedules where scheduling spots where you have uh, a looming back-to-back, the two teams playing on Thursday, I mentioned one other, I think, uh, earlier today in the show, Murray State, Tennessee Tech. So we'll try and highlight those. I think those are, are pretty juicy spots to, to kind of punch back based on the first result. Uh, another mid major conference um, showdown here between two of the perennial uh, front runners and potential champions this season. We're going out west, Southern Utah, hosting Weaver State. They like points, Kai. And if you like yeah. Matador defense at times, this will be a game that you <clears throat> want to tune in for. Uh, pretty short spread here, um, obviously at altitude, but we were in southern Utah not that far apart, so the home court here is kind of like, yeah, altitude, but familiar foe and not daunting yeah. travel. They're pretty far uh, apart, are oh, they really? I thought they're both in, like the northwest corridor of Utah, southern, southern Utah, Utah <laughs> southern Utah. You thought southern no, sorry, Utah I was, I was in so. northwest, <laughs> I thought they're in the northern part, okay. I guess I probably should read that. Southern Utah is less for. than a
2: three hour drive for me in Vegas, so it's actually not, it's not really that, that close,
0: far. yeah. Interesting,
1: huh? Yep. Anyway, Uh, uh, home court geography lessons aside, where do you leave here? Yeah, Beehive State. We love saying the Beehive State rivalry here. Beehive rivalries. Uh, This might be one of Weaver's last chances to kind of punch at Southern Utah. I assume it's kind of a rivalry, but they're going to the WAC next season, I believe. Southern Utah is so going to be out of the big sky. Weaver plays crazy fast, ninth fastest offense in the country. Southern Utah likes to run. Tons of possessions, tons of points here. I don't think either team is really interested in stopping the other. Weber does have the number one offense in, or excuse me, defense in conference play. A Little misleading. They've played Idaho, Idaho State twice, Northern Arizona, and Portland State. Southern Utah's offense is much better than those guys. Um, I think it's a bit of a dangerous matchup for Weber. Southern Utah's got the uh, more athletes. They're bigger, and they have the rebounding edge here. At three, kind of leaning Southern Utah, but it spreads basically where I'd make it.
2: Yeah, Weaver's had so many issues in the paint this year. Like their center rotation has been a revolving cast of characters due to injuries and ineffective play. They actually got a decent game out of Bassett last time out, the Florida transfer, which is kind of a guy we've hey. been waiting for. Uh, but it was like by necessity. They're only playing him because two was hurt and uh, one of the other guys is hurt. Uh, Kozak might have been out. So the fact that they have not really found a stable uh, rotation there makes me think Fawcett, the big guy for Southern Utah, has a, has a big game like I was mentioning um, but both teams can score. There's a lot of slashing, a lot of athleticism on the wing, like the Tavian Jones, uh, Jameson Overton, Kobe McEwen. Like these are high major down transfers on the wing that can actually you know, dominate offensively. So also leaning towards the over feels like a shootout. Um, I'm just hoping Weber wins for my big sky futures, Matthias. That's what I'm locked in on.
0: Yeah, well, I wish you luck on that. Uh, I know we're tracking some other futures behind the scenes as well. I also lean over uh, if there's any consolation, but I think the price is about right. It should be around a fuel goal. That's where it is. Yeah, so hey, just a quick update. Three-hour and 55-minute drive from Cedar City up to Weaver. I thought it was like more of like a middle west, not like truly southwest. But hey, this cool is aptly named, as I learned today. What do you yeah. know, Kai?
2: You know that Dixie State's even farther south. How about that?
0: Is it really? Yeah, Dixie State's like two hours from Vegas. And Dixie and uh, Southern Utah are big rivals, right? Correct? I believe yep. that's true. Fun, fun geography lessons. Ah, I like when I host Kai. Hey, we're going to – actually, we're, we're stay west coast and we're going to go back to east coast for our final game here. Um, but Mountain West battle between San Diego State and UNLV. I like the dog here. Um, I know the Rebs have some personnel issues, but they're catching 10-plus off um, in a spot where they're going to play San Diego State off a really tough um, home loss to, to Boise State, they've had trouble scoring the ball, man. I know they can guard, but when their offense goes to sleep, they can be beatable. And I think UNLV
1: mucks it up here. I think they keep it close. Yeah, they lost the first game by seven at UNLV. Um, tough team to nail down as well, the Rebels. I think Donovan Williams matters matters a lot. If he's out, I'm scared to take the Rebels here. Um, San Diego State gets to play a bit of a softer defense. Boise State's defense is nuts this season. So I'm actually in towards San Diego State and a bounce back. I think they handle him. Without Williams, I would lean towards the under. I think we've seen what
2: San Diego State's offense is capable of or not capable of, and that's mostly scoring points. I think Kruger's done a nice job of making that a feisty defensive unit without a ton of size. Um, but Williams is a key score for them, like big, lanky, down transfer slasher, just like we talked about in the Big Sky game. Uh, kid from Texas, he's shooting 40% from three. Like he, He's been a deadly offensive weapon for them. Without him, it's pretty much all Bryce Hamilton, a little bit of too Mike much Bryce mixed Hamilton. In. Yeah, Yeah, a little too much. much. Um, So, yeah, 10 points. I do like UNLV as a dog just in general. I think that's a feisty, fairly well-coached team, but not a lot of size. I don't know. I'm staying away from the spread, leaning towards the under.
0: All right, well, I'm going to guess I'm the only one who is with uh, the Rebs with any sort of conviction here. Yeah, I mean, the personnel issues are a little bit. I probably glossed over those, but I, I just think it's an ugly, mucky game where it stays within one or two or two or three possessions most of the way. Um, all right, final game here Big East. Seaton all hosting the Johnnies. I continue to believe the Johnnies are undervalued right now in the market. It seems like every game I'm tempted to bet them. Uh, they've been better, will we say, as of late, Kai? Um, the question is up front. Can they? Yeah, no. Nah, so I'm looking at the results right now. Maybe they're not as feisty as I thought. It seems like they're being priced like they played terribly, like a Georgetown. It's like, no, no, they've been competitive with a lot of these teams. Uh, the UConn game was really impressive, I thought. Uh, they've proven they can kind of withstand or keep up with some big physical teams in that conference. Um That does give me some hope against Seton Hall, which you have to do uh, against that front line.
1: Yeah. Rematch. Uh They just played Seton yeah. Hall one. Matt was just talking about how he likes that spot. Punch him back. Yeah. In the second yeah. Seton Hall. I've My notes are all over the place, right? Yes. Add this to the list of back-to-back quasi spots. Yeah. I I think Johns could win outright. Honestly. Um No Bryce Aiken last game. If he's out again, I, I do like the red storm plus seven. Sure. Take that. Um, the, the old road win, road win trend we've seen a few times uh, in these back-to-back matchups. Both teams shot terribly in the first game. That probably corrects both ways. But St. John's for 17 turnovers. Without Bryce Aiken, Seton Hall's in trouble ball handling. Um, so I, it's definitely a lineup check. If he's out, i probably like the Johnnies.
2: A quick note from our producer here that I actually wasn't yeah, I aware like this. of. This is on campus and student only for Seton mm-hmm. Hall. That's oh. kind of cool. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but it has been bet down. People are on the Johnnies. Matt, I think what one key note is that some of their worst games have been really shorthanded. Like the pit loss, yep. um, champagne has been out sometimes. Posh has been out a couple games. Like that matters, you know, uh, for the, for their actual market value. Seven is a tough stretch. Like that is the absolute most or, or least I would take with the Johnnys, So I'm I'm hesitant to recommend it. But uh, that's the way I lean. I, I think they should be feisty in this one. It shouldn't be as low scoring as last game. I mean, God, 76, 76 possessions, possessions, yeah, only exactly. 126 points. Teams were just ice cold. Uh, but we did kind of like the under with Aiken out. It made some sense. Uh, if he's out again too, still lean towards the Johnnies. Matt, what do you got?
0: Yeah, I think I did. I mean, I'm, I'm on the Johnnies, so I certainly lean that way. And I am, uh, I've put my money where my mouth is in that regard. The Aiken thing's weird. I, I've gone back and forth. I've talked about how I think this team can be just as good without him. But he certainly elevates them when he's playing well. Um, just the question is, are you getting the good Bryce Aiken or the bad Bryce Aiken? Um, fun fact about Bryce Aiken: He is older than Brad Davison.
1: Yeah, he's really same, old. Yeah, same,
0: uh, like he's twenty-five. To, I think almost twenty-six. Just yeah. kind of a wild uh, guy. Might be the forever. oldest player in the country. I think sure he actually might. It. Be. It's got to be the oldest. We'll stat check that. Yeah. All right, it's time for chat mob round two. Jim, go all right second
2: round multiple questions about this game matt acres pk a couple others uh, and i think we are all in sync on it eastern washington at idaho state Kyle, i'll go to you
0: do, do we think this is a we're little fired up, baby for uh, the we're fired up about this one touch yeah. high
1: touch high i lean towards idaho state at plus five and a half they're one of the worst ats teams in the country so buyer beware but kyle they've been better ats without robert ford they have with Robert Ford in the lineup, they're 0-8 against the spread. The last seven games, they're three and four against the spread. He's been out every single game. Surging. This is a surging three Whatever. and four against the <laughs> spread. Team. Surging three and four. I like the coach too. I love Ryan Looney. I doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Why yeah, they so brought back basically everybody
2: from last year. It's, it's yeah, confusing. Uh, all right, another one from Matt Akers to Matt Cox here. South Carolina State headed to Delaware State. Is there a number big enough for you to take Delaware State? This team stinks.
0: Yeah, they're bad, and we like us to, uh, some some Gamecocks. I would certainly name, or not the Gamecocks. Gamecocks. What are the Bulldogs? Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> You always say the other the the, yeah. the big state school. Yeah. Uh, no, I was confused. Alabama, A and M, and Alabama State. Those are the two I always mix up. Uh, yeah, yeah, take South Carolina State. That I, I don't feel like. You, I think you put Delaware State in your auto fade auto fade category. Yeah. And South Carolina state under Madlock and with
2: his son on the team as a freshman has actually been pretty competent. Um, So I would, I would take competent team over the terrible one at this stage. Uh, All right. Another one that has kind of confused me, Kai, South Dakota has been playing without their uh, ostensibly their best player, Xavier Fuller, their highest usage player. And they've been much better on off splits show it. ATS results show it now. It helped that they made 70% of the threes at St. Thomas over the weekend, but do we trust those splits? Are they better without Fuller and going to Western Illinois? Do they cover?
1: It seems very weird that they're this much better without him in the lineup. Um, I I guess I tend to think that eventually goes away, but the sample size is getting a lot bigger now. So I, I'm not too sure. Six points seems about fair for this spread. i probably stay away. Here's yeah. my issue with with the sample.
0: The last four games, North Dakota, Denver, Omaha, yeah. St. Thomas. Okay. So, there go. um Four I just think defenses. there's a lot of, yes, like zero defenses uh, involved in any of those four teams. Yep.
2: And they, have, I, I said it about St. Thomas, but it's multiple games. They have been scorching from beyond the arc, which may or may not be sustainable. I kind of like the under. I think they trend down and yeah, they're shooting by that. Uh, all right, Matt, for you, Tennessee Tech headed to Murray State from Dome Hawk. I think he was saying Murray State and their point total. Uh, what do you think here? I know you're a Tennessee Tech guy.
0: Yeah, I like the over here a lot. Um, just for the full game. I don't really have a strong take on either team. Tennessee Tech has athletes, but they continue to ignore defending. It's odd. I mean, I feel like I looked at that roster and thought, oh, this team should defend better this season. They really haven't. And Murray State just completely negates and then some um any quote unquote strong athletes that you have. They're just they're a power conference team that's playing in a watered down OVC landscape. I think they score at will. The Tank Tech's got some power power too. So I think a lot of points are in this game. All right, speaking of points, both these games are asked about the over.
2: Uh, Morgan State at Norfolk State, which I agree with. I think that one is a shootout. Yep, that's us too. And then Portland State in Idaho. Kai, do you have a take
1: on that one? On the total? Hmm. Well, Idaho scores a billion points every single game. Um, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with Portland State as a a scoring team. They've been meh. And they're kind of slowing it down too, I think, under Coburn. Um, eight points seems like a lot, probably in Idaho, but nothing strong total wise or sideways. Idaho turned it over 46 times
0: combined in these two meetings last year. I know it's a different coach Portland state, but the system is largely the same kind of pressure intensive. So, and I don't, I don't how his ball handlers are non-trustworthy.
2: Yeah. Portland state just got Damian Squire, the UC Davis transfer, who I think is a really good on ball defender. Uh, really nice fit in a pressure scheme. I think it's going to help them be more of an under team with him in the lineup. Uh, all right. That wraps up chat mob. I believe there are questions about Arizona State Stanford. We are going to cover that in best bets, and with we'll that, do it right we'll now. kick it to Matt. Yeah, USC. Uh, sorry, no, yes, yeah. Arizona it's State, USC. State.
0: USC. I'm taking. I'm taking Arizona State. I'm not taking USC. Uh, well, no, he, he was correct.
2: He was correcting me because I said oh, Arizona okay. State okay. Stanford.
1: Was, yeah. I'm all on right. You,
0: Matthew. <laughs> yeah, I'll be not, I'll, I will I not think we're all aligned on that. Yeah, yeah, yes. Hooray! Uh, yes, folks, I am taking for my best bet Arizona State. Uh, Catching 12 is the current number, I believe. Anything 12 and above is plus EV, good value. Um, I'm aware that Bobby Hurley will not be coaching today. They're also down Jay Heath, who has been arguably, um, not even arguably, their most consistent guard recently just because of the ups and downs that Luther Muhammad and Marion Jackson have played with. I still think Zona State's been feisty enough. Um, Defensively, they've been able to kind of muck up games unlike in years past where they had to rely on getting into shootouts with teams. I'm just not a fan of this USC team laying double digits to really anyone in the Pac-12. I just don't think they have the offensive consistency to put teams away. Uh, I know defensively, they can be a lot to handle with their length, but I think 12 is way too much in this matchup, Jim. Or
1: Kai, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Kai. Yeah, no. it feels, yeah, it feels a little high, Matt. I, I, I lean your way. I, I, big
2: spread in a, what should be a slow, kind of ugly game. I, without Heath and Hurley, I kind of like the under as well. Under is uh, probably a good play, I yeah. think that's a decent – it's it kind of tough travel spot for both USC coming back from the mountains 48 hours later. Arizona State's coming from uh, their travel; they
0: were in the Bay Area, so not yeah. USC either. swept the mountain trip too, so maybe it's like okay, will they finally start to show some crack this game? I a little complacency, so. yeah. I mean, yeah. I,
2: I think USC or USC wins, but 12 just feels like a little much. Uh,
1: all right, Kai, <laughs> your best bet. My best bet is a total, guys. Belmont Eastern Illinois over. 139. Um, for starters, I think Belmont's going to score at least 80 or 90. Yeah, the score. chat asked about Belmont team total. That's yeah. going to be the, the the big brunt of the over here. They're going to score a bunch. Murray scored 91. Simo scored 87 last two games against East Illinois. East Illinois, 14 straight unders to start the year. Last two games have gone over. They've had a couple players out. I think that's part of it. Their defense has been just brutal. Um, they're playing teams that are actually really good at scoring. Murray State, Simo can score. Um, Belmont, I don't think they're going to be shy about putting the points. I, I, I like them here and I like the over 139. My only concern here is that I was
2: on the over in Belmont SIUE and they're blowing them out and it was like one forty-five, And then the up. game got stuck at 80 to yep. 64 for the final three minutes. Nobody scored. And I had a sad, sad
1: fire for my over bet there. It was three It it's very That's a lot. depressing.
0: Yep. East, Eastern Illinois is just kind of a sad team this year. Yes. Just yeah. They're very really bad. sad team. Bottom five team. Yep. No one's healthy on that team.
2: No one's healthy. All right, my best bet is Northern Arizona going with the side here, and I was I was expecting this to be three by the time we got to it on the show, but it is two and a half. I just refreshed Bet Rivers, Ooh. so Northern Arizona minus two and a half, still hanging on at Bet Rivers. Uh, horrendous travel spot for Sacramento State. They just played an mm-hmm. overtime game on Saturday evening at Idaho, and now they got to go to elevation at Flagstaff, take on a team that I think has the best player on the floor, Jalen Cohn, the Virginia Tech transfer. NAU is not great. Like, this isn't like an awesome team that you get to back here, but I think the spot is ripe. I think they have the the advantage of the elevation. Sacramento state's not a deep team. So playing that schedule is even tougher at elevation. Um, uh, Even if it's, you know, down a couple points at halftime, I think this will be a big second half for Northern Arizona where they extend and and get, get into the legs of Sacramento state. So give me the lumberjacks minus two and a half.
0: Love it on it as well. I, kind of like northern arizona or northern arizona i don't know why i need to kind of reassess my i don't know why one. either um yeah you guys are making fun of me behind the scenes that one hey trust the jack especially at the thunderdome baby um great home the, court there the at Alton. walk up skydome but sure oh skydome not thunderdome i thought they called <laughs> the thunderdome for as like an offshoot of that whatever yeah. the dome it's a big ass dome it's weird um hey i guess all we got today Best bets. Let's try and continue to win those. That's sort of the objective, and hopefully, those that are trailing are enjoying that. When we do win, it hasn't been as great lately, but we'll get that back on track. Uh, we will be back tomorrow same time, noon Central, one Eastern, ten Pacific. Um, hey, Brendan, I good luck. Thanks for coming back.